you know, my father was a self-proclaimed atheist, and I always felt that if it was good enough for him, it was good enough for me. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Anlay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show. Today, we're going to talk with David Heiser, who was an atheist. Now, we all hear and believe that atheism is slowly on the rise in the world, where many are actually converting away from their childhood faith or religion. But with David, you're going to hear the exact opposite, where he is going to share how he dealt with his life falling apart as an atheist and how he found faith in Jesus Christ afterwards. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Now, David, I'm understanding that you were a devout atheist for 42 years and that it ran in the family. So tell me, what was it like when you were growing up? Yeah, so I mean, as a child, you know, I grew up in a very regular middle-class family. Both of my parents were very warm, loving parents, always going to high school and grade schools, sporting events. My brother and I were both swimmers, and they attended every swim meet and dragged us to and from swim team practice for years. So they were always there and very supportive. But, you know, my father was a self-proclaimed atheist, and I always felt that if it was good enough for him, it was good enough for me. Ah, when you were younger, though... Atheism wasn't so popular back then, and you kind of got some flack for it. Is that right? Yeah, no. So it was after I was in second grade. I'll never forget. It was the first time I ever kind of said out loud that I was atheist. And so, you know, there were a bunch of guys, a bunch of boys. We were all kind of in a circle. And, you know, as they were going around, one boy said, hey, you know, I'm Jewish. And another said, well, I'm Catholic. Another was, I'm Baptist. And another one might have said Protestant or Methodist. And when it got to me, I was like, well, I'm atheist. And of course, the room goes silent. They're all looking at me with just this horror on their face, which I didn't understand because I'm like, well, what's wrong? You know, you're Catholic, I'm atheist. What's the difference, <laughs> right? I didn't know. But yeah, so when one of the kids said, well, how could you be atheist? I said, well, because my dad's atheist. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Mm. So you were following your parents. And as you grew up and got more educated, you took an even stronger stance as an atheist. But even as a child, already you were beginning to feel like life was empty and meaningless and got depressed and even turned to alcohol at an early age. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I probably started drinking alcohol around the age of 12. There were a lot of things that I remember back in my childhood, and there was just something missing for years within my life. Kind of a, I don't know how to explain it, just a, you know, kind of struggling with depression at times, anxiety at times. And, you know, just this emptiness was just such a strange feeling. Quite honestly, the alcohol numbed it. And as I was getting older, I would start reading a lot of books, especially as I became more and more educated in the world and went through grade school and high school, started reading a lot of books in biology, and then moved on to, you know, more complex books about, you know, Big Bang Theory, the theory of gravity, and Einstein's theory of relativity, and even Darwinian evolution and neo-Darwinian evolution, when really trying to understand them conceptually. And it just never filled any. It never fulfilled what I thought I was here for. It never really told me what my purpose was. 
And so being an atheist, you know, I kind of thinking of how long the universe has been in existence, according to the scientists. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm here for just a minor little fraction of time. My purpose must be to simply just grab as much as I can for myself, making the best of today as I possibly can. You know, really no real regard for other people. You know, if you've got to step on somebody to get something for yourself, eh, so be it. Maybe I'm a little stronger. Maybe I'm a little faster and I got there first type of attitude. And so I really looked at this whole process of kind of running up a hill, you know, jobs, work, schooling, education. You're constantly pursuing the daily grind And so when you think about it, like imagine a box with a big bow at the top of the hill and you're running and chasing after this box and you're like clawing through the mud, trying to get out of it all. Finally, you get to this box, you're dirty, there's mud all over you. You open the box like a giddy little kid on Christmas morning, only to find out the box is empty. There's nothing in it. And so when you realize you're like, wait, I'm not even at the top of the hill yet because you're looking up and the hill keeps going up. You thought it was the top, but now it's not. And so you look up and there's another box. Oh, that must be the box. And so chasing career, chasing money, chasing women, chasing, you know, the next night of, hey, how much bourbon is it going to take for me to numb this feeling, <laughs> right? And looking looking up that hill and then you get to the next box after clawing for months and months and maybe it's even a few years and realizing, well, this box is empty too. You know, it's just this constant chasing after empty boxes and there's no fulfillment whatsoever in that process. So even with all your education and knowledge, it sounds like atheism was not giving you all the answers you were looking for. No, because quite honestly, it doesn't really give me any insight into what happens after the here and now, right? Like eventually, I know I'm going to die, you know, and then what? And quite honestly, as an atheist, I really just believed that it was nothing. Your consciousness just ceased to exist and it was just over. You had no recollection of it because you didn't exist anymore. And that was very depressing. Yeah. As a former atheist, I can relate to thinking about how sad it was believing that at the end of life, we all just evaporate into energy. It really put a different perspective on life where it was just survival of the fittest. Now, atheism, it can be intellectually stimulating, but it doesn't answer the harder, deeper questions in life. And I guess those questions came up when your life was really falling apart, as you found yourself in a very difficult marriage that ended in a painful divorce that really cost you. Yeah, from a financial standpoint, the divorce cost me everything. It really started in that last five years of marriage. It was just very abusive. I was constantly being screamed at. I would drive into my driveway at times, and I realized I was gripping my steering wheel so hard that my knuckles were white because I had no idea what I was walking into. And so there were nights where I just put the car in reverse and went to Starbucks (laughs) and just had coffee and got back on my computer and just went back to work, you know, thinking, I'll be home later. Maybe everyone will be at bed. But when I finally got to a point where I thought it was really impacting my children and their well-being, I was like, I've got to go. And so I did. And the battle between the two of us, it was like we just were tearing each other apart, even to the point where she was accusing me falsely of molesting my children. I was dealing with sheriff's department and DCF officers coming to my house on a weekly basis, getting to a point where they were coming over so many times. I knew what coffee they liked, you know. And they have to take pictures of the apartment. It was a very invasive, extremely expensive. I was hiring all kinds of professionals, you know, family psychology and child psychology, just to try to get us and the family through this whole thing. I mean, the expenses were astronomical. And so in the midst of all of this, I'm diagnosed with cancer, a very rare cancer, one that doesn't have any chemotherapy treatments for it. Basically, it's a surgical extraction and radiation. 
Gosh, that is so hard. Life can really overwhelm a person all at the same time. So David, I want to have you back on our next show to hear how you got through all that hardship and how you found faith. We're looking forward to having you on our next show. Thanks so much, David. Thank you. Let's talk after the short break. Real life is made possible this week with the help of On Fire Merchant Services and our Awakening the Nation's monthly giving partners. If you own your own business taking Visa and MasterCard, call and get a quote from On Fire Merchant Services. On Fire Merchant Services is on fire to serve you. Look them up at onfiremerchantservices.com or call them at 877-333-6682. That's onfiremerchantservices.com or 877-333-6682. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back, and let's go ahead and dive deeper here because... What a story. It's not every day that you hear someone who is raised in an atheist family and, you know, lives their life as a devout atheist and then becomes a Christian. And what really stood out to me and what I really identified with was this picture that he gave about always running up this hill and chasing box after box. And every box that he opened never fulfilled him. It was like an empty box. And how easy it is for all of us as we pursue the things of life and we pursue that career, we pursue that achievement, we pursue that next thing, and it's just empty. It's not enough. And that's the thing about atheism. It doesn't really provide the answers. Yes, there's that freedom, right? I can just do whatever I want. You know, there's just survival of the fittest, and I'm just going to be the fittest. And that's how I felt when I was younger. You know, and the way I responded to pain in life is that, hey, I just need to get tougher. When something bad happens, I need to get tougher. Or when I fail at something, you know, and I don't get that, I just need to get better. And then when I get that thing, then I'll be happy. When I finally achieve that hill, I finally achieve that one thing, then I'll be happy. And boy, that is such a lie. Because the more we achieve and the more we scale up that proverbial hill, we say, we realize how empty life is. That's what really stood out to me when David Heiser was talking about how he got into all that neo-Darwinian evolution and he was understanding all of it, but he still felt so unfulfilled. How many of us can really identify with that? Where are you with all that? Yes, we can educate ourselves and we can feel that freedom to just be like, yeah, life without God. And, you know, meaning, well, you just create your own meaning. But what does that mean anyway? If your life, you have to just conjure up and make everything up. And then when you die, it's just gone because you're no longer there to prop it up. What then is the meaning of life? What then is the purpose? And atheism really doesn't provide these answers. What to do with the pain in life? What to do when you're out of the picture? What kind of legacy is going to be left behind? And that's what David found. 
And what do you do when suddenly all of life turns against you and you're all alone? And that is something that is so, I'm sensing even right now, that's something that makes you nervous. That's something that makes you feel like, oh my gosh, what if I'm all alone, standing by myself? And there's a part of you that says, oh, I'm strong enough. I can make it. But there's that other voice of maybe reason that says, you won't make it on your own. You need something. You need something to fulfill you. My friend, I know what that is. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, it sounds crazy, but he is the answer. I found in my life, I know David's found in his life, that all that meaninglessness and that prop yourself up is completely empty. So Lord Jesus, I'm praying for my friend. I'm praying for the one who's saying, you know, I'm trying to do this, but I don't even know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Lord God, help us to find the right way in you. Like it says in Proverbs 14, 12, let us not follow what we think is right, but let us follow you. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, I pray you were blessed by this show, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know we have a Facebook page? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Facebook and find out more about Real Life Radio guests, schedules, and events. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.